Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I got to hear your guest, Kanye. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it was a big guest. He's got time, you know. He's, <laughs> he's got some time. Yeah. He's too online as it is. He's one of those guys where I'm like, I kind of wish he had access to, like, a rich person's internet instead of the same shitty one we're using. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he seems like this is bumming him out. <laughs> Welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out whether they're worthy of all the hype. They're likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name's Will, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Hugh. How are you, Hugh? Hi, Will. I am absolutely terrific. I am so excited because tonight we are joined on the podcast by an absolutely huge guest, by podcasting royalty, you could say. Some of our listeners might be familiar with the Flophouse Bad Movie podcast, um, I've been listening to it for about 14 years, so I've heard this man in my ears for a very long time. So please welcome onto the podcast one of the Flophouse's original peaches, small business owner and generally very funny man, Stuart Wellington. Hi, Stuart. Hey, it's me, Stuart Wellington. I'm so excited to take this parasocial relationship and make it a social one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad it's now become a bilateral relationship because it just seems creepy every now and then, you know? Uh-huh, sure, yeah, yeah. Do you, are there, do you have any things that you know about Stuart that you shouldn't know because you don't know him, but you do know? Ooh, um, well, I... <laughs> That's I, a very unsettling way to begin the podcast, but it's what I've decided. Yeah. Make your guests feel comfortable. <laughs> Make the guests terrified. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of that I've gained from just watching him, you know. He doesn't know, but every now and then I just come by the bar and just sit there and, and look, but... You wouldn't be the first... <laughs> Uh, There's definitely a lot of times where there will be somebody sitting at the bar because in addition to being a bad movie podcaster, I also own a couple of bars in Brooklyn, New York. And every once in a while, uh, because I make it very well known where I'm at, uh, I'll have I'll see like, you know, like maybe a little socially awkward, uh, slightly nervous guy sitting at the bar and he keeps like, you know, glancing over at me. And I'm like, wow, is this guy? 
is this guy really vibing with me? Is he really into me? Uh, or in the, most most often, it's uh, a, a listener who made the trek all the way into uh, the wilds of Brooklyn to come see me, and that's always exciting. That oh, sounds cool. right out of my playbook, you know. Yeah, apart from the being in the bar. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's true. I don't only... drink, Stuart. Actually, so that's the one. Oh wow! Real difficult. It is actually something I've always worried about for when we eventually met. You know how that would happen. That. that I would like judge you or something oh, yeah, or yeah, in your time. fantasy or like how would how would this how could this meetup happen because <laughs> yeah. if you don't drink and I only drink <laughs> yeah exactly this this is what's caused me so much worry over the years his only recourse was to start a podcast exclusively to invite you on to <laughs> yeah. sure. it was either start uh, that or start drinking you know so okay I it works who knows one's arguably healthier than the other but I'm not going to tell you which <laughs> Have you ever been to Ireland, Stuart? I have not. I have been. Uh, I've been to the to England a few times and to Wales, oh. uh, but that's. Not, I have not been to yeah. Scotland or Ireland yet. It's basically the same. Uh, I was just about to say, absolutely not the same thing. Michael is just betraying his <laughs> politics there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saving you a trip. I was somewhat close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I've definitely, I've definitely tweeted at uh, the the three flophousers to to say, you know, do a live show in Ireland. And uh, I think y- That'd be awesome. you occasionally liked some of those tweets, you know? Ah, <laughs> it was a bilateral relationship earlier than you thought it was. Yeah, oh, I, you wouldn't believe how I clung on to that, you know? There is that thing, though, I think, when you're listening to a podcast for so long, again, I'm only driving the creep levels upwards, but when you listen to a podcast for a very long time, and you go back in, you're like, no, these guys are my friends, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the guys will tell you, Stuart, I don't have a lot of friends. So, you know, no, I, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's, uh, in the past on the podcast, we found that Hugh had 12 friends. And I'm actually now starting to wonder if you were in that list. Mm. I, on a scale of one to ten, how much of an ambush does this feel like? <laughs> I mean, I would say it. I would say a ten. No, um, yeah, yeah. no, it's fine. This is this is on a one or two. This is very easy. That's part of the joy of Zoom is I can. I'm assuming close my computer and then this is done. It's yeah. not like yeah, like yeah. brain scan or some shit where like you'll climb through the computer and, cha- <laughs> and ruin Eddie Furlong's life. To to add to add to the unsettling creepiness, I am not as familiar with your work, Stuart. So I did I did some research on you. So I've got a bunch okay. of, a bunch of questions that I have. If we ever get into a lull, Hugh and Michael, if we need a, an emergency question, I can ask Stuart a question to like put the conversation forward. Like and I, I can ask him what was it like having lunch in an empty restaurant two tables away from Mayor Bill De Blasio. Oh yeah, uh, man, it was it was frustrating because I wanted to go ask him for to fix some of the uh, New York building laws so that I could finish building the bar that I was trying to build. Yeah. But uh, I mean, if I were to have that same situation now, I would probably yell at him, uh, yeah. tell him to never try and be a politician again. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd probably I'd mainly just kind of see want to see what is going on on his face now that Eric Adams is now the most hated man in New York. <laughs> Eric Adams being the new mayor of New York. Yeah, City. Yeah. Whoever's mayor is the most hated person in New York, no matter what, without fail. Uh, hopefully they don't ruin as many people's lives as they could. But you see, Stuart, what you've described there is exactly how I imagine our interaction in the bar going. <laughs> a lot of emphasis on New York building laws, you know, a lot of talk mm-hmm. about Eric yep. Adams yelling at you mm-hmm. not to become a politician ever again, you know, all those. Exactly. All those things, you know. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. The, the fantasy is becoming reality. Yeah. So what do we do on this podcast here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, I t- what was happening there is both you and I, were des- we've, we've, dis- we've come up with this thing where we, we try and find the meanest way of introducing Michael. Yeah. And then nothing okay. nothing mean was said. Yeah. So I could I guess I could say like speaking of the most hated person in New York, please welcome our producer Michael. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit tenuous. But it's, nice. It's there. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. It, it's it's been worse than that. It's always embarrassing when the guest has to be like, right? Should we get back on the rails? You fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I guess Stuart, this week what we decided was that what the world really needs is another podcast episode about Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. So that's 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 why you're here. Uh, there's not enough content out there mm-hmm. about this. Um, but I guess I'm, I'm going to ask you in a second to to uh, give us a summary of how the game works for the completely uninitiated, for 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 our listeners okay. who don't know anything about it. Um, but I, I suppose Dungeons and Dragons first emerged in the 1970s. Um, it, it was I think one of the first uh, table pl- tabletop role-playing games did you say table um, plop role-playing games <laughs> i did say table did, plop yeah. that's a different thing michael that's what your two-year-old does <laughs> all of my power to not say that is like don't say plop it just sounds more nope um as of today it's still the most popular role-playing game and in recent years it's only gotten bigger i think there's 12 to 15 million players in the u.s alone uh, and then we're getting a, a, a big budget uh, movie remake uh, a reboot next year. Um, so millions of people like it, but the question is whether or not it's a legitimate like. Um, and I have a short quiz about Dungeons and Dragons in a minute, but I guess I'd like to ask you to give us a summary of, of how it works when you sit down to play Dungeons and Dragons. What are you doing? Sure. So when you guys were coming up with a celebrity guest to talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I'm sure you went down the list of Vin Diesel had to have been the top. <laughs> Vin Diesel, huge supporter of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I think his character in Triple X even had his D- favorite D&D character's name tattooed on his belly. Vin Diesel's great. Not available, I'm assuming. Uh, and then you got, what, Joe Manganiello, one of the magic mics. Super hunk turned his wine cellar because he's not a drinker, similar to Hugh, turned his his wine cellar into a D&D cellar so that he and Sofia Vergara would have a cool place to play D&D. And then after that, I guess you have Matthew Mercer, who is the critical role guy. And that's like a huge thing. Like Also not available. Yeah, not yeah. available. Yeah. It was Dan Harmon. Yeah. Uh, we had Patton Oswalt. Sure. They all passed. Yeah. They all passed. Bill de Blasio. Yeah. Bill de Blasio, yeah. He's, he's, he's huge. Uh, so... I, let's see. Everybody sits down around the table. One person uh, takes on the role of the dungeon master or the DM, and the dungeon master uh, kind of sets the stage, explains uh, what the world is like, prov- acts as the senses of the players because the other people who are sitting down at the table, usually two to four or five other people, all take on the role of a single person in that world, an adventurer. Uh, and the dungeon master acts as their senses and the and acts as the arbiter of all the rules and also acts as uh acts out and performs all the uh inhabitants of this world that are not played by the players the players then describe what their characters do either in the active or passive voice and if a situation arises that uh, comes into, you know, that where there's some randomness or there's a conflict, yeah. that's when they roll dice to determine uh, the outcome of those events. I think that's as okay, I think okay. that's as close as I can do, as quickly okay. as I can do it. Okay. Okay. Very good. I feel like I've read so many role-playing core rule books, and they. <laughs> always have a description of role-playing games in the beginning and i usually kind of skip over them but they must have like you know seeped in gotten in there somewhere yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pushing some other useful information. Out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no useful yeah. information in there. <laughs> um, okay, well, I got a, I got a couple of questions. Uh, we got a three question quiz uh, to start off. See how much we know about this. First one. So you mentioned uh, that uh, Dungeons and Dragons has a has a whole host of celebrity fans. Uh, I'm going to give you three celebrities. Uh, one of them does not play Dungeons and Dragons. You're going to tell me which one it is. So. This is a pretty diverse group now. We got Stephen Colbert, Tom Cruise, and Dame Judi Dench. I'm I'm gonna guess it's Tom Cruise. He he's got too much other weird stuff going on. He doesn't have time. Yes, <laughs> he's a he's yeah. a busy guy. And I I don't see him giving up the control. You know, there's a there's a collaborative <laughs> element of D and D that I don't think he'd be up for. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was wandering around in life making his decisions with a dice roll. <laughs> that's true and i guarantee you dame judy dench played some fucking D D with vin diesel on the set of riddick i know it oh I... that's a good shout because <laughs> she's she's down dude she's cool yeah so 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 you're right so it's tom cruise he's, <laughs> he's he is not not on record as having played dungeons and dragons but i do think if he did He'd be very good at it, and it'd be very intense. Maybe not so much fun for the others around him. Yeah, but, yeah. He'd be but again, the entire, every single side of that twenty-sided dice would be the same. It'd just be his face. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like I've played I've played D and D with guys that are kind of like Tom Cruise or like like fucking Jared Leto, where you're like, oh, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be broy in a fantasy world where we're all sitting down eating hot pockets. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Getting into your character doesn't mean you have to. You have to ruin everybody else's experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yet, yeah, uh, Stephen Colbert, massive fan. I think he's spoken about it a lot on his show. Um, and then uh, Judy Dench um, did play with Vin Diesel while they were filming. Uh, I think the Chron- Chronicles of Riddick. Yep. Absolutely called it. Uh, but but had played previously. I think it was, it's a family thing. She played. Yeah. So she was. She 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 knew what she was doing. Yeah. So she probably shark Diesel. I'd say. Yeah. Do you think that they ended up playing uh, herself and Vin Diesel because they are probably the most opposite possible two people on the planet, and that's the only thing they had in common? Like that's that's the only way this relationship progresses. It very well could have. I mean, I'd have to see. I'd have to see a full star chart for both of them to really <laughs> determine if they're complete opposites. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I do. <laughs> Two, two thoughts at the back of that. One is that I think mainly Vin Diesel, wherever he goes, tries to get people to play D&D. I think he just loves it so much. The other thing is I want to know, Michael, who else you think are the most opposite on yeah. the planet? Yeah. Who's Tom Cruise's opposite? Uh, Katie Holmes, actually. That's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too easy. <laughs> In a way, Hugh, yeah. Stuart could be your polar opposite. Okay. Well, yeah, because I'm uh, my my blood is ninety percent alcohol. And yeah, Hugh's blood is zero percent alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Question two: Dungeons and Dragons has spawned uh, spawned a whole host of imitators uh, and other media over the years. Uh, so I'm going to give you three titles. Two of them are real, and one of them I've made sure. up. Um, so so which is the made up one? So tunnels and trolls, leprechauns and labyrinths, and mazes and monsters. Two of these are mm. real D and D associated. Before we say anything, do you, uh, do you think you know this? Have you heard of these? Have you played any of these? Do you think? I don't. I don't know if I've played any of these, but mazes and monsters is a thing. Mm. 
Um, but I don't know, like, I, I can't be sure if they're actual games or, like, it wasn't Mazes and Monsters, the Tom Hanks movie, where he gets yeah. super into Mazes and Monsters and, like, goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's the other? Tunnels and Trolls and... Leprechauns Lepre- and Labyrinths. I think Leprechauns and yeah. Labyrinths is, is the fake one. I think that was uh, I think that was thrown out there to bait you guys. That's a guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Stuart, you're 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 right. Leprechauns and Labyrinths. Uh, Tons of Trolls, I think, was a was sort of a a, a successor game or like a rip off right. uh, game. Uh, and Mazes and Monsters, yeah, 1982 film. I think it was Tom Hanks' first leading role in a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was part of the uh, what was it called, a Satanic Panic, yeah. where yep. uh, you know D D was I think supposed to have inspired a whole host of. Uh, uh, satanic, satanic linked uh, rituals, which uh, I think was actually not a thing. Yeah, right? I mean, when I started getting into D anD D, it was like kind of on the very tail end of that. So, oh, so you got into it for that? You were probably disappointed. Yeah, I was that. hoping. I was like, <laughs> this is an easy in. I got, I got to sell my soul to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> You're one of the few people who got in it because of the satanic panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was, ho- I was hoping. But yeah, but turned no out just to be <laughs> drinking Gatorade and having fun. Uh-huh. Uh, it was Mountain Dew, my friend. Sorry. We would drink. We would drink Mountain Dew. We'd stay up till like four or five in the morning, uh, and my friends would smoke uh, the grossest cigars, like backwoods cigars, <laughs> and uh, we would play Dungeons and Dragons, and it was great. If if I could go back to that life. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you played? Uh, I think like the first time I I played was not technically Dungeons and Dragons. I I was at a I was at a gaming convention and I played in a Ghostbusters role playing game where a game where you play as a Ghostbuster. <laughs> and I remember like having to bust a ghost in a like a like a convenience store. <laughs> Stuart, okay. you sound like someone who has never heard of Ghostbusters, and you're trying to explain <laughs> it to someone. <laughs> Which is really funny because I just, yesterday I had to do a podcast episode on the new Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, no way. Uh, how many go. ghosts got <laughs> bust in it? Uh, uh, <laughs> surprisingly few, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my review. Not enough busted ghosts. Uh, okay, so look, we're, we're two for two so far. Um, so final question. There are 12 different character classes, and I may have to get someone else to explain <laughs> what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which of these three is the most uh, oh. popular? Uh, there's a fighter, a wizard, and a druid. So which of these classes is most, is most chosen? So having never played Dungeons & Dragons, I'd like to take the lead here. Yeah, I, I feel. Yeah, do it. So fighter, whatever. No. Few, uh, some yeah. people will be into fighter, but I, it can't be the most popular. You've got to be going with more magic involved, I feel. So you've got wizards and druids. And my understanding of Celtic history is that druids <laughs> are just like drugged up wizards from Ireland. So they've got to be the best, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, will and Stuart, what's what's your call? Yeah, Will, what do you think? I mean, I, I think the... The go-to one that I always went to when I first started playing was Fighter, because it was like the big fighty guy. Uh, and I, I don't mean to sort of cast aspersions uh, over the D&D community, but I think it tends to involve a lot of less muscular men pretending to be muscular men in a collective story. But 
I think Wizard was it Wizard the other one. Wizard or Druid, yeah. I think Wizard Wizard has a lot of like fun magic capabilities, but then is maybe complicated. For me, Druid I think is too complicated a class to get into. I can't I, I can't remember the rules for Druid. So I, my instinct was Wizard or I think probably Wizard would be my guest. Guest. And I'm gonna guess Fighter just because I think it's probably the simplest. I think that there yeah. is uh, that. For for new players, there's less stuff they have to remember. They're right off, like right out of the box. A fighter can do stuff uh, at lower levels. Wizards generally have struggle a little bit, uh, or at least they have historically. So I'm going to say fighter. I think he's probably right. Yeah, I mean, so you've all given a different answer yeah. there. <laughs> it's going to be challenging to assess, but you're you're Stuart's right. Stuart's right. It's yeah. a fighter. It's a fighter. Um, yeah. So about uh, so there are twelve different classes. And I think fighter gets chosen 14% of the time. And actually, Hugh, the druid is the least popular wow. at 6%. Wow. So, uh, yeah, all that, that druid brand work you're doing is not not paying off. Druids are awesome, though. It just means that if you join a D&D group, that they'll be excited to have a rare appearance of a druid character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is pictured purely because he thinks it sounds cool and has no yeah. idea of the ramifications. <laughs> I mean... That's almost always why I pick my characters in any role-playing game. Yeah, yeah. Whichever thing sounds cool. Oh yeah. So let's uh, let let let's get into it. I, I suppose um, Stuart and Will both of them have, have played it. What what's the what is the allure of, of fantasy as a you know in, in terms of I don't just mean role-playing games but books and media and then specifically what's the allure of I guess it's kind of medieval type fantasy incorporating magic and elves and dwarves and dragons etc why do we keep going back to that in different types of artwork <laughs> such a huge question such a she huge was question. like i'm coming on to this the comedy podcast. fantasy boom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> explain explain the human condition please there's obviously a lot of things going on i think there's an appeal of a simpler time like not having to worry about quite as many socio-political questions uh there's also an element where you can like make your fortune by the strength of your arm and the uh the sharpness of your wits and like the appeal of magic like what the fuck <laughs> i don't have to explain that yeah 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 <laughs> magic <It's> just, rules <laughs> the idea we'd come here and be like no 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 explain why magic would be fun yeah that's like why is godzilla cool like no I... shit dude he's awesome <laughs> But are there, Stuart, in the in the uh, various games that you've played, are there different levels of realism uh, here? Like, are, do you have some players who who create really really detailed worlds, and then others who kind of leave it up to the to the game to go where it wants to go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I think there's a certain appeal to kind of both styles, like both <clears throat> in the structure of the game and also like some people like a very rules heavy approach. Um, that one w might describe it. The, the, the term is crunchy, where there's like lots of rules to get into and there's a lot of minutia and maybe they throw in a lot of uh, background and, and work into their world. Uh, but then there's other games and kind of one of the things that I've been leaning more toward is kind of a lighter, especially early on, light, like lighter world building that you kind of build collaboratively with the players so that everybody gets okay. a little more invested in it rather than like, hey, everybody, sit around and listen to this thing that I invented. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, not... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, if somebody's good at it, yeah, more power to them. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, and then, yeah, there's also the idea of the more 
rules heavy uh, approach where you know everybody's checking every every test everybody's worrying about how much exactly how much gear everyone's carrying like mm-hmm. that kind of a thing as opposed to something that's a little more focused on performance or storytelling mm. i think i do always yeah, or i certainly yeah. used to visualize it if as that like the dungeon master would be like it'd be like any time you meet a new character in lord of the rings and you've got sort of a four-page poem about what's going to happen mm-hmm. you know like that's <laughs> that's what i see going on but maybe that's that's too romantic a notion is it you don't like Stuart. When you start a game, you don't start by saying, "I sing of a day where," etc. No. Uh, it depends. Uh, I mean, uh, one of the things I I do like to do is at the start of uh, like a game, I do like to like write out a couple of uh, like a paragraph or two that kind of like sets the stage of the world mm. that maybe might not be as flowery as like a song or a poem. But I do li- like to kind of get everybody in the mood. Yeah. It's almost like playing the right mm. kind of music for the game, which, of course, is mm. nothing but uh, 90s R&B. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and we should say, if anyone wants to hear uh, Stuart playing through a game, you guys did a crossover, a couple of crossover episodes with the Adventure Zone, we, right? We did. That was a lot of fun. And then we, uh, we did a couple of uh, crossovers with the Adventure Zone. Uh, they're on their main feed, which is crazy. Uh, which is a much more popular podcast. And uh, then we also did, in our bonus, if you're a supporter of our show, we did some bonus content where we play, uh, I kind of took their characters and imported them into like a weird, boiled, weird noir uh, setting that's, you know, like 1920s New York a little bit, um, and added aliens and stuff like that. And we did a lot of that, and that's fun. And you also turned them into dogs in another series as well. Oh, yeah, I turned them into dogs in another one. Yeah, that, that was great. And that, I guess, in a way, that was, well, despite the fact that the main characters were all dogs, I mean, that kind of was a more realistic world, wasn't it? You know, that wasn't set in the fancy world. That was, you know, just a, a wedding with a lot of chili. <laughs> that's true. That was true. It was at a wedding on a farm with a lot of chili. Although I very, I specified that they were, they were cartoon dogs. They were animated. Oh, that's true. Okay. So the, the the realism of the world was, um, and that's part of role playing is, is that kind of like collective agreement, mm. whether it's directly mm. spoken mm. or just kind of unspoken, where you all kind of agree to like the 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 feel and the realism of the world because, you know, sometimes even in a D and D game, you know, somebody will name their character like, I don't know jack off dick bottom or something and uh, but then there's another character who's like oh i named my character lord elfin uh stone of the gravel berries and and he has this huge like like two-page story about that ties his character in with the established background and then there's a guy who's like names his character like he's naming a video game character that you know poopy fart face or whatever you got Um, a couple of big laughs out of michael there (laughs) yeah i'm just so glad you guys had introduced me before he said that because you know i know (laughs) Uh, but yeah there's this like kind of collective the thing about a DD game is it works best if there is a kind of agreed upon world i think a little bit like whether it's theme uh, rules, et cetera, et cetera. And do you yeah. find, uh, well, first of all, I, I suppose you probably enjoy both, but if if you begin, if you start becoming a DM and you're designing the game, like, do you then get sort of typecast as that? Does that become your role with, or do you find that when you play, you, you tend to rotate it around? And, and do you like both? Do you prefer one or the other? Do you like the creativity involved in the DM or? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think I have been a DM a lot in the last I don't know ten years, partly because I I I have specific types of games that I like. I like to buy a lot of like independent role playing games, and I'm like, I want to try this one out. So because of that, I have to run the game myself. Mm. Um, and but also like I'm also generally the organizer. Uh, I'm organizing friends of mine that have, you know, multiple kids and they have day jobs. Um, and while I have a day job and, uh, but, uh, I, I like to take on the role of the, the organizer. And so that often means that I also am kind of the de facto dungeon master. Yeah. And I, I kind of like both. I feel like I'm at the point though now where I'm like, I'd like to play in a game, but it's also been a while since I've played in a game that has kind of satisfied me like okay Okay. i'm I'm particular and have you had any really really terrible experiences like what's the worst experience you've had playing uh, playing dungeons and dragons it was in this empty restaurant with bill de blasio yeah yeah doesn't even have to be related to the game to be honest no i mean like i remember i had i'd been all through high school i'd played with the same group of friends and we played a lot and we'd play late and we'd play all kinds of games Um, so I had kind of, I had gotten very comfortable with these collaborators. It's kind of like doing a podcast with the same people. Like you, you get used to each other's patterns. And then when I went away to college, I joined a group that were playing a game. And I remember being thrown into this, this group that had already been playing together for a while. And they almost immediately were antagonistic to me. Like their, their characters were antagonistic to me, um, and I'm like, what is going on? Why are you, why are these guys, like, why yeah. did you set me up for them to be mean to me? <laughs> I don't know yeah. you guys that well. Yeah. That was uh, sort of, was that an old school sort of thing that used to have, like early D&D, there was like a, a trope of the DM punishing the players and really trying to mess with the players. Was that a hangover from that? Or was that just people being mean? <laughs> I don't it's I, like a hazing. I don't know. I mean, there could be some hazing. I don't know if it was in like like trying to like the DMs trying to kill his players. Like that the the challenge is part of the mm. fun. I think it was mainly that the, the uh, not enough thought was put into incorporating a new player into a game. Right. Um and then you also you'll also run into and I I I run into this when I play with with new people sometimes. You'll run into like a player who has uh, who has like severe control issues in their own life and they take it out in the game. So they'll play a character where they are going to like live out their control fantasies, whether it's yeah. just by being like snarky and shitty to every <laughs> character in the game or like basically not, not, uh, not engaging in the game in a way that like, let like lets their, it's kind of hard to say, but like gives their character a weakness. Like they want, they want to be this untouchable thing that only wins. And that's, that's boring. That's boring in fiction. It's boring in everything. In, um, in preparation for this week's episode, I, I did what I always do. Which I went to the Reddit, the, the subreddit for D and D, right? Best place to learn about anything. <laughs> I'm sure. And, uh, <laughs> um, he met his wife on a subreddit actually. Really? No, I just completely made that up. <laughs> Was it Am I the Asshole? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the complaints that uh, uh, that a couple of Redditors had is that they have a, uh, a DM who is tr- 
constantly trying to uh, inject romance subplots into their their challenges at they believe the expense of you know his own his own uh, romantic life so it does seem like there's sort of a control issue being uh, being played out there yeah <laughs> i mean that that type of stuff and the intro like within the D community and the role-playing community at large uh there has been there has been you know like uh like a social awakening and there's uh things have been ideas have been introduced like an a thing called an x card where you place this uh you place a card that just has a big x on it in the middle of the table and if at any point any player feels that the game is going in a direction that they are uncomfortable with all they have to do is tap that x card and you pause and you reset the game a little bit Mm. so that you don't have to address what it was um that's not the point the point is that like if things are getting too heavy because you know it's people's like yeah, what yeah. people are comfortable with and what people are interested in fiction can be different i feel like i could do with one of those in life that that would be really handy just to have one in the in the back pocket you know <laughs> yeah. just uh, like mm. i'm not into this <laughs> yeah <laughs> back it up a little yeah um and so what what do you think then makes uh, a good dungeons and dragons player or a bad one what what kind of what kind of qualities do you need the people that you're bringing around the table i would say like the simplest way of thing would be somebody who is is engaged with making sure that everybody else at the table is having a good time. Okay. So okay. like worrying about nice people making choices that will make everybody's game more interesting as opposed to their own game more interesting. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say like cool headedness or stamina or something <laughs> yeah. like that, but uh, oh, strength! You know that's much better. <laughs> a druid, you yeah. want a druid? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you need a druid. You want a cool headed. Uh, Hugh and Michael, what's your understanding of Dungeons and Dragons as people who don't play it and have never played it? Like, what are you? Are you just like I've no idea what Stuart's talking about? Are you getting a grasp of my it? My like, only experience has been listening. So my first experience was. Um, listening to that first crossover episode of the Flophouse and the Adventure Zone. And I knew about the McElroys from, I listened to uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is another great podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew yep. they had the Adventure Zone, but I'd never listened to it. But then after hearing those ones, I went and, and listened to a bit of their stuff. So that my only experience is listening to other people play it. But the extent to which I've enjoyed it certainly suggests that, yeah, I think I'd love it. But I think it's one of those things where don't think there was really anyone in my school who played it at the time and in college there definitely was but just wasn't really in that set you know but like i think i'd have always said like oh that's unbelievably nerdy whereas like i am an unbelievable nerd you know so like in reality i'm like it sounds perfect you know i don't think it I, i don't know maybe it's just with the general teenage and young person insecurity about doing anything that makes you at all vulnerable but i feel certainly there would be a real stigma about it here. And it's probably the same in the States, is it? Would you say when you were growing up? Or is it just about finding your people, I guess? I mean, when I was growing up, yeah. I mean, that was the thing. But before I had gotten into, before I started playing role-playing games, I, I had gotten into Warhammer. Are you guys familiar with yeah. Warhammer? You worked at Games Workshop, right? I worked at Games Workshop. Uh, so I had already, I was already a pretty big nerd painting model soldiers. But, um... And I, I got into the other stuff through friends. Like, my friend was like, hey, these older kids that smoke backwood cigars and drink Mountain Dew all night, they're looking for another person to play in their, I don't know, vampire role-playing game. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> Sign me up. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the thing about D&D is, especially now, is 
it's the sort of thing where it's like if you if you are looking for something to do with friends give it a you could and your friends are all interested in it give it a try i might not just like meet up with some random people but you you could it just it's that comfort level thing again. yeah like and I guess you always you need someone though who who knows what they're doing. I guess at least one person all the time, don't you? Like you need to you need to come into, or it helps, but like you don't need. Well, you can all learn together. Mm. I mean, it's not like it's not like you're gonna mess up and then everything's wrong. Like, <laughs> but that's my fear about everything, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you also have to. I mean, you also have to accept this is. Uh, I, I'm, I hope I'm not breaking this to you for the first time, but like, nothing's ever gonna be perfect, Hugh. So it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to to do it wrong because it's not wrong. You're doing a thing with your friends, and so you 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 mentioned here that you've played uh, other kind of uh, role playing Mm -hmm. games, and there's there's a I think there's a couple of uh, D and D crossover franchises. So I think there's a there's a lot of them, right? Like there's a Stranger Things ones. I think there's a Rick and Morty one. Um, I'm sure, yeah. Do, do, do you have any um, favorite crossovers? Are there any you played or anything you'd like to see in future? Well, like, so, yeah, I mean, the the my my first exposure to role-playing games was through a Ghostbusters role-playing game, which I uh, don't remember very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, I think I definitely played some, like, like a Marvel superheroes uh, okay. role-playing game. But I feel like now I'd be more interested in something like, I don't know, like WKRP in Cincinnati, the role-playing game or something like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. games yeah. where you play yeah. a, a very mundane, but, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. And as a DM, have, have you ever created a game in a, like in another pop culture universe, like in a, in a particular, like, like a Lord of the Rings one, for example, because I know you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. Sure. I I mean I think the closest the I feel like the closest I've come was either uh, was doing some of the stuff for the the podcast mm. doing where we did a game where they were playing like animated dogs or which is also like a rule set that I basically cobbled together myself or the cool. the the other game where it's like a weird boiled game which is basically like it's like a you know like a like a two-fisted approach to like HP uh, Lovecraft thing but I tried to weed out the uh, the let's say more distasteful elements yeah. of Lovecraft's like, work. You hit your you hit your own personal X card quite a bit there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I think uh, one of one of the first times I ever ran a game was a game that I like made. It was in high school. I remember making a game myself uh, where I like came up with the rules. They were fairly simple, um, but I had all the players play themselves. And it was in, they were playing themselves in high school and it was like a zombie apocalypse game. Amazing. And they also got to like, it was, you know, it was that like fantasy wish fulfillment where they're like, the mall is empty so we can go and kill (laughs) zombies in the mall. What could be more exciting? Yeah. 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 Very, very meta. I'm I'm with you. I think, I think, uh. The, I like the mundane elements of it. Yeah, that's 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 just me. But um, I think you can keep some of the essential elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, you yeah you could keep the heartless monsters, the labyrinthine structures, uh, the role of chance and luck, and you could just map it all onto the U.S. political system. You know, you could you could probably work could, out uh, better. You know, role play it. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 I, I think that would go really depressed. well. And look, anything... <laughs> yeah. The only problem is, <laughs> yeah, Michael, it's yeah. very complicated anything... because the dice all run on an electoral college system. So each side of it, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it doesn't really yeah. add up. Yeah, 
Yeah, you have to look anything that gets us more uh, Mitch McConnell fantasy art. I'm down with. You so. have to play with weighted yeah. dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of uh, yeah. podcasts about QAnon, and this—it's really like my brain is in a bit of a, a melt of like, oh god, the whole world is messed up, and there's this like chaotic hatred like bubbling under the surface of everything, and now it's even infiltrated our podcast. I mean, Will, there was definitely a look in our guest's <laughs> eyes there when you said that, being like, which side of this is he going to come down <laughs> on? <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Sorry, guys, I, I gotta ambushed. go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that is a worry, isn't yeah. it? When you get someone on and then it's like, oh, what's, what does it say on their red cap? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, we, uh, we don't have that many guests on. And we've, you know, we've, uh, we've definitely had uh, a few that are older guys. And when you have an older guy on, you're never quite sure <laughs> where it's going to land. But we, yeah. we haven't, we haven't had any real issues with anybody. It's, it's been it's been fine but i would imagine if we were to open that up more it would be <laughs> it would be scary well let me tell wow. you about the latest q drop guys <laughs> as i said spent a lot of time this week uh researching uh, dungeons and dragons look look through a lot of artwork uh-huh. and it's amazing i mean the 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 the, the world building there uh, and just the different uh, i guess the different styles that people have and different uh, realities that are created one thing i did notice is that many of the female characters have armor that is is really specifically positioned. Like there are certain areas that are very well defended and certain areas which I would consider to be kind of vital, like the stomach and the thighs, mm-hmm. not well defended at all. No armor there uh, at all. Um, so I, I just wonder, is that representative of the uh, of the fan base? Is there is there an element to that or is that kind of getting better? Just, just before we can answer there, Michael, when you're yeah. to, when you are asked like the vital areas of the body, <laughs> yeah. like most people would say heart, yeah. lungs, brain, you go straight thighs. I mean, thighs and the stomach are right there, right there, you know, <laughs> they're up front. Yeah, there's a lot of vital organs in your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> and before you say it, I know that the skin is a vital organ. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, look at, uh, that's been a big thing with fantasy in general. Uh, just look at the, like, sad puppy movement that fucked with the Hugo Awards mm. the last, you know, a few years ago. Um, where there is a feeling of that the fan base is traditionally straight white dudes who all they want to see is muscular, you know, dudes in armor and naked women. And uh, it's 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 been changing quite a bit. Mm. Like unsurprisingly, fantasy is such a big thing that could cover so many different ideas uh, that it has been a refuge for people that are normally marginalized. Interestingly, uh, one of the one of the more popular settings there's a game called Shadowrun, oh, yeah, which I is uh, Shadowrun. yeah, it's a it's like a cyberpunk setting uh, that also has some fantasy and magic. So it's like William Gibson stuff mixed with a little bit of Tolkien. Uh, but that is true. That was traditionally because it, you're playing these outsiders that are struggling against a corrupt capitalist system. It appeals to, you know, the straight, the non straight white dude audience. Mm. Um, but I think it, I think in general it's changing and becoming more welcoming. And uh, I think, I think you'll start, I've already started seeing the art to become more uh, diverse mm. and, maybe 
armored better. <laughs> yeah, that's my real concern here. Yeah. Better protective yeah, yeah, thighs. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, what Michael really wants is just armor on the thighs and belly and everywhere else exposed. Like he's got a real king. Like protected the vital stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the subreddit he met his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. There's there is like an inherent misogyny in it, but I think it is getting better. Like the last D and D thing that I did was with some friends, and at the start, like that X card thing. The, the the dungeon master was like so just so you know like we're not doing any like there's will be no visits to brothels there'll be no sex workers like like this is not mm-hmm. like we're not going to do torture and everyone was like who do you think you're talking to but it was like it's just important to say like yeah, we're, yeah. we're here as like a group of boys like doing a, a hobby and it's nice and lovely so keep it nice and lovely everyone be cool yeah, yeah. well when we when we did crossovers with the adventure zone <laughs> I ran a game like I was used to running a game, which was like for my buddies in like high school and whatever. Right. And the but the listener base for the Adventure Zone is huge and younger, and we got we got some negative feedback that the that the players were a little bit maybe a little bit too horny, which is <laughs> which was right. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about three guys who are not interested in fighting at all. They are only interested in girls. Uh, and so we, uh, I, you know, I had a conversation with the guys. We made, we made some tweaks for the next time we played. Of course, I, I sat, I, I remember sitting uh, one of the players, Jubin, uh, down who was playing the character Tanzer Silverview, yeah, who yeah, is yeah. a rich bastard, basically. <laughs> uh, he's a jerk. And I was like, okay, guys, so try and be less horny. Don't always look for the wenches, et cetera, et cetera. And literally the first thing that happens, they go to a bar. Is he, <laughs> he, he, like, he does it. And the thing is, it's in character. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. character is a jerk and everybody hates him. But there's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like even video games have been going through the same thing. What with like Gamergate and et cetera, et cetera, where yeah, yeah. the design of female characters has become incredibly important to people's worldviews. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in a positive way, like in the sense that like some men feel very threatened when a woman does not look like his his perfect fantasy. <laughs> it's mad, like how how fragile your world worldview has to be <laughs> to put like yes, we've put some, we've covered up their thighs and their tummies. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't say it. I'm I'm going back on eight chan. I know how the world is meant to work. <laughs> oh, it sounds like we need an emergency question. Hey, Stuart, do you still have your Cirque du Soleil DVDs? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I hope my dad's not listening to this. Uh, but I think I got rid of those when I, one of the times I moved. Nice. Uh, but yeah, my father became briefly enamored with. He's, you know, he's a dad, so he'll pick a new thing that he's super interested in and then everybody's going to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, and for a while it was Cirque du Soleil, which was odd, but <laughs> so hey specific. Man. But pretty cool. Yeah. What's yeah, he I mean, I th- at the moment? What's his new jam? I mean, it's that's that's really tough to say because I I haven't seen him in 2 years. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm because so sorry. I I'm I'm seeing him in I'm seeing him in 2 weeks. Bad emergency question, Will. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's okay. Uh I I don't know. Like, I think it's based on our phone conversations. It's complaining about the idiots in Congress, but uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> oh, is he a fellow believer in Q? <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out when I get when I get down to Florida to see him. But uh, no, he's he is. He, I I hope he's not a believer in Q. <laughs> Even saying that, when I found out that my brother is not a 
for I was also nervous. My brother was a believer in Q because he is very in, he is both uh, too much online and too into conspiracy theories. But for whatever reason, this one has passed him by. I do think he loves Elon Musk though, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, there's probably nothing more insulting than when a close friend or family member is really relieved that you're not into something weird, you know? Because you never were, but you might have been. Yeah. 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 Michael, do you have any more questions for us on D&D? No, I'm... I'm, Don't worry, I've got loads on Stuart, so we'll be all right. Oh, great. You're moving up the creep rankings, or will, behind me. Yeah, the more I look at these, the weirder they seem. Because I just, Mm -hmm. as as an an actor and a comedian, I have nothing to do. So I was like, I'll just have a look. And then an hour later, I was like, oh, hey, Stuart, do you like American cheese or Swiss cheese and which is poison? That's it's a good question. Uh, I don't know if that is, does that relate to my background. Did you find that out online? Or yeah, a, a cab driver once asked you it, right? Oh yeah, man, that sounds right. Oh, wow, that's deep, uh, man. It's all, it's a, it's a blur. I also drink a lot, so I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say that as I've gotten older, my lactose intolerance has gotten worse, so I have to avoid Swiss cheese, particularly oh, no. melted Swiss Ooh. cheese. Oh man. It's a bummer. And each question is bringing up a deep tragedy to his life. And I... <laughs> yeah, 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 this is where I come to spill. I, uh... You know, I had a good therapy session the other day, and now I'm, I'm just ready to get rid of more shit. What would you, if there's anything else you could, uh, and I guess I know it's such a broad uh, world, um, but like, if you could make it sort of a change to the way D&D is played or is set up, like, is there anything you'd you'd love to see? new in it yeah i mean i think the i feel like d and one of the things that d dungeon and dragon suffers from is uh because it's you know it's it's been around for a long time so there's people like the way that the rules work and they don't want a big change mm. but one of the things that i feel like dungeons and dragons has a lot of rules covering combat and only a few rules covering the stuff that isn't a combat. Okay. Right. And I feel like that just because of that, it kind of pushes you to do more combat uh, and have characters that are built around getting into fights. And I find that to be less, less interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if I want to play a tactical war game, I would pull out my Warhammer miniatures. <laughs> um, but like the Pound Town Prospectors? Wait, 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 what's that? Like the Pound Town Prospectors? <laughs> oh, is that one of my Blood Bowl teams? <laughs> yeah, I think well. so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the... I'm so sorry. I can't help <laughs> it now. <laughs> Otherwise, so much... my day was a fucking waste. <laughs> There's so much information. This about. whole thing is actually an inception. We're just trying to get you to sell, <laughs> sell some company to us, you know, and Will is just dropping oh. these little bits in. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to push it towards uh, final final judgment, a, a term which I think we may have stolen from you, actually, Stuart. <laughs> Apologies. Um, so uh, uh, I guess the question is, Dungeons & Dragons legitimate likes or not? Um, I'm going to give it to Hugh and Will first, and then Stuart, as the as the guest, he'll get the final say. Yeah, mm-hmm. I suppose the, and the, the rule is here, Stuart, that if we declare it by a majority not to be a legitimate like, it is gone forever. Uh-huh. So, you mightn't have noticed, but gyms no longer exist. Uh, the Super Bowl is no longer a thing. Um, wow. Gyms? Gyms. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. Jim, Jim's is in places to work out and not guys named Jim. Places to work out, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're coming for we're coming for James's and Jim's later in the, in the show's run. So. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, I like I say, my only experience of Dungeons and Dragons is listening to other people play, and they are they have always been people. Um, who I've already listened to do other things and talk about other things. So I guess people who, again, my friends, as I said earlier, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, obviously it all seems to be about playing with people who you're going to have fun with. And uh, so, yeah, well, I'm expecting the next time we meet to uh, you've, you to arrange a little Dungeons & Dragons session. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to. I've never I've never DM'd, but I would, I'd love to. And I know enough about it to sort of wing my way through it. And I... In terms of the philosophy of Dungeons and Dragons, I think Stuart and I are on the same wavelength. Apart from me being a huge creep, because um, I think it's is the collective storytelling, and I think there's no way I was ever going to vote it down. Uh, like, I think it's such a brilliant hobby, and there are so there. Are, well, I don't think there are that many hobbies that involve, especially I think for for young men sitting down and and doing a story together mm. and making it in the collective consciousness, and I, it's such a lovely thing it also uh, it also i think it's it's nice to see something that requires such an attention span because i have to say working with kids that's one of the things now when you see them playing games and everything they're whether it's on their ipads or they're on the computers or whatever and every game is just so instant gratification and whatever and there's obviously like you know you want to see them playing outside but like when they're not playing outside yeah it would be nice to see them doing something that is social that is you know you have to think that yeah it keeps that attention span going yeah, yeah. so uh i look based on my limited experience but i'm i've, I've really enjoyed uh, learning about it from will and Stuart. and uh yeah so i'm gonna say dungeons and dragons I haven't really experienced it yet but i'm looking forward to it and i think it's a legitimate like well i'm also saying that it's two it's two for two two for two okay so Stuart, we've got two votes already but it's over to you now to have the final word yeah, I mean, I'm I could be a contrarian and be like, nope, D and D, it sucks. But no, it's <laughs> great. Like, it's been uh, a really positive influence in my life. Um, I think it's a great way to uh, play games in a non-competitive setting with friends. It's also for as far as hobbies go, it's relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, buying a like a rule book generally are going to be a little pricey, and you're going to get some dice, but all things considered it's fairly inexpensive for a hobby yeah, and you can um, access a lot of them online now you can use that dice rolling apps and get the rules online so yeah i think you're right yeah and the, the rise of and also there's because it's a hobby that has become more popular lately there's also so much support media out there now like i mean there's even a show on amazon of uh, of Critical Role, which was an extension of their mm. like actual play RPG, uh, what video cast podcast? Mm. I don't know. There's a ton of stuff out there. It's great. Check it out if you're considering doing it. Uh, try and see if your friends are into it. And if not, there might be a game shop nearby, or there might be like if you're if you're a youngin, listen to this episode. There might be uh, like a school group that gets together. It's a legitimate like. It's a legitimate like. Clean sweep. Three out of three. 
Uh, Stuart, any, any, anything that you, you came on here going, oh, I've got to say that, and you haven't been able to? Any closing thoughts, or you just want to get out of here? I mean, I can't really say much about... Uh, I, I mean, I think I've said a lot of what I like about D&D. Um, I don't think I need to sell it on that many mm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I think we all collectively agree it's a legitimate like. That's it. Um, <laughs> said it twice. Thanks so much for having me on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to uh, plug your New York bars to our largely Irish audience? I would love to plug. <laughs> so if you haven't listened, uh, I do a podcast called The Flophouse where we review bad movies. It's a comedy show where we review bad movies. And we've been doing it for 14 years. Uh, so there's a lot of them. So if you are looking for some, a podcast that has a lot of episodes, we got you. Um, I own a couple of bars in Brooklyn, New York. One's called Hinterlands Bar and the other is called Minnie's Bar. Uh, check them out. They're great. If you, uh, they, they're not particularly close to Manhattan if you're on a vacation, so I wouldn't recommend that. But if you have a friend that lives in Brooklyn, tell them to check it out. Sold. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. And I would say, I would say on the Flophouse, um, it's probably the uh, podcast I've recommended to most people over the years because I feel Thank it's accessible you. to anyone. There are a lot of podcasts I listen to. You know, I listen if I listen to some and it's about sport or others are about music or others are about whatever. Whereas I yeah. feel the Flophouse is there for anyone. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I always, always uh, say that they should start with the Bratz episode, oh. which is about number 20 or something like that. It was the one I started on and... Yeah, is that, that's what brought you to the show. You're Stuck like, man, me. I can't. I just love these fucking Bratz dolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need to hear more about Bratz. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You went searching it out. How did you first come across it, Hugh? It's probably a boring line of question. It is a boring line of question. Game. My brother David put me onto it. He got onto it. I think John Syracuse recommended John Syracuse. it on a yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. that he was on. Because the first podcast I ever listened to was The Incomparable, which must have started just before your one which is a guy jason snell but john syracuse uh-huh. guests on that quite a lot um and that's a that's a great podcast for uh, nerds everywhere they talk about movies and books and comics and things like that those so. uh jason snell came to brooklyn for an apple store opening or something and he he mm. came to the bar he came to hinterlands and he he uh he like tweeted out that he was going to be there and Man, there were some of the most like nervous, excited nerds filled my bar. I didn't sell very much alcohol, but it was I was like it was really nice to see Jason. He's a super nice guy and it was great to see like him hold court around some of the like oh man, these guys it was great. <laughs> someday, someday Stuart will speak just as kindly about me. That yeah. could be you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. day. Yeah. One day we'll be we'll be frequenting your bar and just ordering tap water yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks so much for coming on Stuart Michael thanks for producing as always Anytime. Hugh thanks for being uh, Hugh thanks Will uh, this has been Legitimate Likes please like subscribe rate it five stars if you're going to rate anything less get out that's rude I don't know why I got so confrontational I'm just excited and I uh, feel self conscious that I was such a creep thanks for listening tell your friends and go and listen to the goddamn flop house goodbye everybody goodbye bye bye Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.